Hi guys, welcome to Blunt Blowing Mama podcast. I am your host, Shanitria. And I'm just here chatting with y'all about all things cannabis, all things parenthood, all things being a woman, all things being black, all things weed and weed and more weed. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> On this episode, I have like two really special guests. We're about to talk about some black weed shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, like for real. No, I have two ladies from Canaclusive here on this episode, and we are going to talk about stigmas. We're going to talk about what it's really like to be black and smoke weed and be in the cannabis industry and all that good shit. So definitely stay tuned. We're going to dive into that interview very soon. But first, <clears throat> I need to smoke some weed with y'all. Y'all know, sometimes I like to like, talk and bullshit around and do the little cute little banter thing but i'm just gonna dive right into the weed smoking portion of this <laughs> episode because i want to smoke weed i love it what are you gonna do nothing okay come on join me then <laughs> so grab your joint or your blunt or your bong or your rig your dabman let's do that you vaping let's do that you smoking out your bong smoking flower you got a pipe whatever let's do it I'm smoking XJ13, which, as you guys know, is one of my all-time favorite strains. That's my baby. That's my, ooh, like, my number one fashion. I don't know. It's like, you know that song with Pharrell? I, I forget how it goes, though, so I shouldn't have been singing it. But anyways, <laughs> let's just light up. XJ13 is a sativa. It's so good. It keeps me buzzy. It keeps me upbeat. I got a lot of shit I need to do after I finish recording this episode. So I really need to be smoking XJ13 because it's about to have me on one, but in a good way, like productive on one. Like I'm about to do like a billion things at once <laughs> and be kind of geeked, <laughs> which XJ13 does that for me. But obviously I'm not going to overdo it. I'm responsible. I'm a good mom. Speaking of mom, I have kids, you know, churn. I got a four-year-old daughter and an eight-and-a-half-month-old son. They drive me crazy, but I love them. I love cuddling with them and kissing them and all the things because they're so delectable and delicious little people, but they're also really fucking annoying. So with that being said, let's smoke this weed. <laughs> y'all know you be loving children, but y'all be like, damn, kids are so... People who don't have kids... I know after you finish interacting with one, you be like, that's why I don't have no damn kids. <laughs> and I feel that shit. Like, 100, um, that's how it was before I had my kids. I was just like, anytime a child is around me, and the moment they start hollering and screaming and acting crazy, I'd be like, see, that's why I'm not pushing any babies out. There's not going to be any children living inside of my body. Fuck that shit. <laughs> and I feel you, but look at my dumb ass with two kids. <laughs> I ain't dumb. You know, I'm smart. I kind of. I mean, I'm in love. I fell in love and then I had babies. I'm a dumbass. I'm dumb in love. <laughs> Shit. Not everything's a fucking Disney movie. I don't know what was wrong with me. <laughs> Cheers. Man, XJ13 pulls so... That shit pulls so good out of the bong, bitch. Yep.
Hell yeah. Shout it, swing my way. <laughs> That's just like the first thought I had in my head after that. Taking that little hit. I was just like, shout it, swing my way. Show look good to me. Now would you please swing it my way? Hey, hey, shout it, swing my way. You looking good, shout it. <laughs> That's that country shit that I, well, not country, that's that black shit that I grew up on in the South, you know what I'm saying? That's the kind of things that got me feeling myself when I was a kid. I don't even know what it was talking about, but now I get it. <laughs> so many songs about sex, you know, when you're a kid, you be listening to all these songs, you be like, I love this song. You be like, damn, they was really singing about sex, like, fuck. <laughs> So I just want to tell you guys a quick story before I jump into this episode because I just have to get this off my chest. Today, which when you guys listen to this episode, it'll be like maybe a week from away or whatever. But today, <laughs> I like wake up or whatever. I got cramps. You know, I just got my period. So I took some um, CBD and like put a couple drops of tincture under my tongue to kind of handle that, you know, but I'm still like, oh, period. Oh, I'm like bloated. I want to go out tomorrow, but now I'm going to be bloated. So I got to put my Spanx on, hold that shit in. <laughs> like I already haven't been working out to lose the rest of this baby weight. And now I'm bloated from my period. Like, come on, we can't win as women. Like, and men be trying to keep us down and like try to make less of our experiences on this earth as women. It's like, we go through so much shit. Like once a month, we get bloated from a fucking period. Like you don't get bloated from a period. Like you get, it's understandable to get bloated from something you ate, but every month you get it from your period. That's some bullshit, yo. Like I be trying to be on my skintiest best life and here come my period. So, <laughs> I digress. So he comes in the room and then he's like, babe, I just want to tell you this right away before you find out. And I'm just like, what? No, he didn't tell me in the room. Like he waited until I got up because he knew I'd probably be in a bad mood when I finally came out of the bedroom or whatever. And like he kind of just looks at me and he says like, babe, I just need to tell you something. And he's like in the kitchen, like with the baby. And I'm like, I don't know. I was like looking for something or whatever in the living room. And he's just like, you know, last night he's like, and I'm freaking. I'm like, what? Like what happened? I think like something happened to the kids, like something happened to him, some work shit. Like what's going on? Like bad news somebody died like i don't know something he's like no it's nothing like that and he's like um last night because i went to bed early last night and he was up like until like five in the morning smoking weed chilling and fucking playing video games probably jerking off <laughs> let me not put all this business out there and then, you know like that's fine you know every now and then you gotta live your life like when i be up late by myself then I, my night goes like that too i'll be watching a little netflix smoking some weed eating some oreos drinking a lot of water to stay hydrated smoking some more weed watch a little porn dj i'm a pussy a little bit you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or i just go wake his ass up and get the dick i mean whichever you know whatever happens so he like said that you know he broke our bong y'all 
He was like going to open the cabinet, which is where we put them because we don't have them within like plain sight. They're, you know, put away behind a cabinet. The kids are told not to go in there. You know, we're responsible as you should be. Especially when you have two little people who like not even on the level of worrying that your kids will get into your cannabis stash and products or, or supplies or like the tools and bongs and shit that you use like on some like you know they get into it and potentially harm themselves because you know there's substances that little people little humans children should not be consuming at all in any way shape or form but also because like a lot of it's glass and glass breaks these items are expensive the bigger the glass the more money it's going to cost obviously and then some of these things are like one of a kind they're sentimental and also I mean, most importantly, when glass breaks, it makes a big fucking mess. And usually I have to clean that shit up. So that, and for those reasons, those things get put away out of sight, you know, with anything that's valuable or something that shouldn't be in possession of children. If you're a responsible parent, you're putting it away. So which is why I don't understand when people are like, oh, moms who smoke weed are bad parents. Actually, we're probably the best fucking parents ever because we're so fucking responsible and we're so on top of things because we have to be because the moment that we're not, then that's when society goes, aha, see, weed is a drug and her using drugs is why XYZ is happening to her children. It's going to automatically be the reason, especially if you're black. Oh, yeah, because that's what they do. They have a bunch of babies they can't take care of and are irresponsible and put them on drugs. You're a stereotype. You're dismissed. And you're tried to put somebody tries to put you in jail. Like it, it all it ends and you're breaking the law. You're going to jail. We're taking your kids. And nobody wants that. Right. So. We're responsible. We're so responsible that daddy got so high and he probably didn't have a light on in the living room. It was probably dark. And he tried to put the bong away and he said he like just hit it on the corner of the cabinet and it shattered. (sighs) And I had to take a moment. I'm still taking that moment to like R.I.P. to my bong. Like this was like the big glass bong that I have, you guys. R.I.P. to my bong. I'm going to do a tribute tomorrow. (laughs) Because like... She's irreplaceable. (sighs) You must not know about me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, hello from the other side. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I miss my homie. Like, boom, 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 (laughs) boom. Now tell me what you got. Oh my gosh. Like L to the OG. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You guys know, if you know what that reference is from, then secession. (laughs) Then you're real ones. Like we can really hang out and smoke weed together. Let's do it. Hit me up. Let's set it up. (laughs) But yes, I'm mourning the loss of my bong and... I just don't know what to do. Like, I feel like we have to replace it, but to replace it so soon feels so insensitive, you know? Like, I just need to go through it and, you know, accept that I'll have to go on life without this beautiful piece of glass and try to get another one. I don't know if I want to get one that looks like it or get something different, but, like, she has to be replaced. (laughs) And it makes me so sad. Um, So that's what's happening with me in my life. (laughs) Also, you know, Blunt Boy Mama merch is available to buy. Just go to Blunt Blowing Mama on Instagram. Click the link in the bio and you'll see an option to buy Blunt Blowing Mama merch. 
And like, I can't wait to see you guys rocking this and just being like out here in these streets. Like, hell yeah, I smoke weed and what? Hell yeah, I'm a mom and I smoke weed and what? Hell yeah, I'm not a mom who smokes weed, but I support moms who smoke weed because so fucking what? Like, I can't wait, you guys. Anywho, I've been going on for a minute now. That's how y'all know I really fuck with XJ13. That should be having me rambling like a motherfucker, talking about shit like a motherfucker. Like, I could be talking to y'all all day. Just I'm just high. Anywho, <laughs> let me dive into the episode for you guys. You're definitely going to want to hear this interview. So here we go. Hi guys, welcome back to Blunt Blowing Mama podcast. I am joined here with two guests. Yes, y'all are getting a two for one <laughs> today. They are part of, if you have not heard of this organization, this Instagram page, they put on events, they are moving and shaking in the cannabis community and they're repping for, you know, the black and brown folks. Then I don't know what rock you've been hiding under, but it's about time that you find out. So I have, I think like, I'm not even going to say something that's totally wrong. I'm just going to let you guys (laughs) introduce yourselves. They're part of Canaclusive. Go ahead, ladies. My name's Mary. I am one of the co-founders of Canaclusive. I'm Black. Um, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Um, born and raised. My favorite color is white. Um, <laughs> I really enjoy Black activities. I'm greasing my scalp right now. Yes. Oh, very Black. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, basic stuff. <laughs> you smoke weed or you consume cannabis. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that again, okay, obviously we're on this program. Yes. <laughs> and uh I tried to stay off the internet today because it was just too wild with a bunch of stuff that was happening. Oh um, so I'll say that I'm glad I got rid of TV five years ago. I'm really excited about that. I made the right choice. More power to you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I made the right choice. Yeah, it feels great. I just watch my one TV show and keep it moving. Oh, simplicity. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which That's you, all you need. Yeah, yeah which is what you know my favorite TV show is right now. So, yes. That's it. I still got to get on it. With the, that, it you, but, you really um, get to watch these people in their element. You, when you watch it, you'll know what I'm saying when I mean these people. It's great. Wait, what do you watch? Succession on HBO. Oh my gosh. You need to oh, stop it right now. It. Okay, okay. It's my favorite <laughs> show on TV right now. You really I can't. You really uh, see good. them in their element. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and it's so like, they're really just like pulling back the curtain with this show. I yeah, love it. Yeah, it's great. Oh my gosh. You love yeah, to hate them. There's no redeemable character on the program. Nobody. They, nobody, nobody has morals. Nobody, nobody has morals. Everybody's good. Everybody's trash. It's the best show ever. <laughs> it's the best show ever. <laughs> and it's like, they're so filthy rich. Yeah, You have to watch this. They're so filthy rich, but like they have problems. Like they got issues and you want to feel bad for them, but it's like, oh, they're just going to go cry themselves to sleep in their pinch house in New York. So these are not good people. <laughs> they're horrible Great. humans. Oh. Even yeah, the really people that you think. Them. I'm like, it yes. sounds like it's supposed to be medieval times or like, I'm just trying to guess the times, but I'll just. That's my homework. It's like all of this. almost a model. Your job to be a part of this team is to now go and watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to okay. talk that's to cool. me. That's my about and gentlemen, and even though you're our new East Coast person, that's great. But if you're not able to talk to me about yes. Succession once a week, 
I'm gonna start finding somebody else. This is this is how important this show oh, is well, to the culture. I'm gonna get it together. And it's so that's good. A really good segue into my yes. Intro. Go ahead. <laughs> like that's I was like wow. When you I walk like life, hopefully it's gonna help you through what you're gonna deal with with your new jobs. I promise you, it's gonna make you just be oh, like, okay. yeah. Yeah, it's therapeutic in a way. Succession is a therapeutic no, program. Is. They need to give me money for talking about this show. I've done it twice. I know. <laughs> when I tell you that they even show like a, a takeover, like a media takeover, a company, like they bought this company, they took it over, and then they like laid everybody off. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's fired everybody. And I'm just like, damn. But like stuff like that happens in business. And he was just like... I don't feel anything about like, this is what my dad told me to do. You guys all no longer have a job. Security is going to escort you out. Like, bye. It's real. Yeah. That sounds intense. I mean, it's the world we live in. It's capitalism. It's yep. corporate America. It sounds about white. <laughs> it sounds about white that and right. Very funny. That was funny. Yeah, that was a good one. That was good. Yeah, I snuck that in there. Okay, Dion, um, introduce yourself for the folks who... Yeah, so I was like, wow, we went on like a... I got chastised for a moment, but <laughs> hi, everybody. I'm Dion Hawkins. I am the East, new East Coast lead here with Canaclusive. And of course, I do consume cannabis. And I'm kind of like the one that they took under their wing. And I'm being shown all the amazing ways of just how... Black people consume and how we are and how we should just be a bit better in changing their perspective. And so I just love being a part of Canaclusive. That's all I have to say. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love that. So if you don't know now, you know. <laughs> my heart is like doing a thing. <laughs> all right. So I, I guess for people who don't know, like, what is Canaclusive? How did it come about? What What is Canaclusive? Um, so Tanya and I, who you've met, we like really, really connected deeper in LA out there, um, especially over how much we do enjoy like progressive industries in general. And so we were always tired of being like, I'll say it like this. Everything I've ever known about cannabis has been a black experience for me. So when you go somewhere and you're like two out of 50 or five out of 100 or 17 out of 300 and people are asking you, how the hell did you get there? That's kind of crazy. And so we encountered a lot of that as melanated bodies and people just didn't take our experience seriously. And also everything about what you see about consuming, it is super, super whitewashed now. A little bit more or less than when we started our photo project, which was based out of our reaction to that, which is still live and amazing on Flickr. But like we started with that and then realized, oh, this is deeper than that. And there are a lot of people that have been doing this work before us within organizations such as Minorities for Medical Marijuana, Minority Cannabis Business Association, the now newly transformed Women Grow, and just even people that are coming into the limelight for doing really dope work, such as like Women of Color and Cannabis in New York. And you have like Countercultural Association, they've been around for a bit. So people have been doing work, but like whatever stigma there is about how we exist with this plant is just ruining expansion and ruining people to really benefit from it. On top of the fact that most of us are still being 
hit with injustices around it on a regular basis. And capital is always hard for Black folks to get access to, yet we generate the most amount of sales and other stuff for other companies and other industries. We over-index on so many things within so many CPG categories and technology. It's crazy, yet we receive the least capital and support for what we want to do. So we kind of evolved into that. And I used to plant intentionally. I don't really say medicinally or recreationally because I just got to create my own lingo around a lot of stuff so people don't get it twisted. But like, you know, with my condition and other things, it's been a, a life changer. So yeah, hopefully that gives you kind of what we've expanded into. But we really were just trying to create assets so people can understand that cannabis looks like this. It isn't what people are creating as this new look. Right. That has been around. That feels extra exclusionary. Mm -hmm. Tell people a little bit about the photo project, because that's kind of how I stumbled upon Canaclusa was like, I was just like looking for photos and then I was just like, oh, what? What? And so, yeah, tell people. people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of allies or supporters that helped us out with that, such as shout out to Rick from Detroit and Nathan Raphael, who definitely supported our dreams um, and photos by Rome, who did the photos for the first set. Um, we even ran into the dude who was the star of 10 Things I Hate About You, Andrew, shout out to him. But we had a lot of friends from New York and LA agree to be models and agree to participate. And we did a, a non-commercial license. So you like, you know, if people try to buy the imagery, we have to compensate everybody who's involved. But we really did that because we needed something. We got product from a really good source. We even cleaned the entire apartment and did a barbecue. Mm. It was crazy. Yeah. It was very, very grassroots, very authentic. You know, let's mm-hmm. use that, overuse that word a bit and pay the photographer. And so we've done four more of those. Dion's trying to put together a fifth. We might yeah, even need to do a sixth by the end of the year. So we probably have two more that we probably got to lock up and create for November. But yeah. And I just love the photos because they're Mm -hmm. super, you know, they're black. Like they have people of color in them and they're consuming cannabis in super casual, pedestrian, everyday ways. And you don't see those images shockingly or I mean, not shockingly enough. So it was refreshing to see that offered and available for you to, you know, use and put them out there just exactly. just so let people know that like we exist in this space and that we've been doing this and we you know it's a way for us to kind of like normalize this look of consuming cannabis as well because it's like what Mary said like before these kind of like stock imagery was created you would kind of google search black people smoking and then it would be images of them uh, facing up to 15 years in jail so it's like they're gel pictures online and that's not how it's really perceived and it shouldn't be that way in the first place because of what this medicine actually is exactly exactly i love that i mean now let's just talk about i guess where the cannabis industry is heading obviously much more mainstream um new cbd beauty brands popping up every day all these mommy and daddies bankrolling their kids to jump into the cannabis industry and create these businesses. Do you guys see 
there being a space or place for black and brown people to have a stake in this industry? And if so, how can they go about that? Or like, is there a path or should we try to create our own path? Like, what does that look like? All of the above. Yeah. All of it. (laughs) There's no like, do this or that. I think that's why there's no do this or that. People just got to find their wave and get in and make it work. Legitimacy is something that is preferred, definitely, and needs to happen in order for this to progress. So if people think that staying legacy is going to be easy to do, it's not. They're really trying to recriminalize the same people at this time, Mm -hmm. given that it's still a criminalized drug. Like even the numbers that came out of New York State, most of the arrests are still Black and Latino men from last year. Mm. And in 2008, there was over 666,000 plus folks arrested like for weed crimes. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. And do you think that that's kind of what stops people of color from entering the cannabis industry is still yeah. that fear of being arrested? I mean, yeah, of, also, you know, like, it takes money. And it takes, like, knowing what the fuck you want to do. Educate. And it takes, like, yo, like, dispensaries aren't easy, bro. If you're not making a certain amount of money a month, I don't know. It's not going to happen. It's a lot to run that business. And like, you can't just be like, yo, man, I want to open a dispensary. And I'm like, okay, have you ever worked in retail? No, nah, but I worked at Subway. <laughs> Absolutely not, sir. You're not going to matter. Right. Of all places to pick. <laughs> not <laughs> Subway. <laughs> well, you know, I know what I'm doing. Brother, how do you know but we it, know what I we're doing? Also goes like, back what are you to, talking like, about? People not being educated on what they can, like, what you're literally doing right now. You, what yeah, you're doing right now, you can turn that to the cannabis. Because not everybody can be a farmer. Not everybody is supposed to be a farmer. Not everyone can own a business. We all have our own little parts. And then if we just kind of start by educating, which is kind of what Canaclusive does, just makes sure people know about these events and get like-minded people together and just kind of pushing that whole community aspect, then I know people will start being more comfortable and familiar with it. But if we, if we're not the ones that are just like, putting our face in the forefront, then we're going to be behind just like in the, like another kind of like race that's gone on without us. Yeah. And I mean, I think about that and I'm just like, if you're a chef, you know, if you cook food, then why not start incorporating cannabis into your meals? Then you're in the Mm -hmm. cannabis industry. Boom. If you're an artist or you make jewelry, then make some jewelry, you know, cannabis adjacent jewelry or something. I don't know, but that now you're in the cannabis industry. Yeah. Exactly. Just like <laughs> these girls are calling their um pieces that they smoke, you know, like pipes and stuff, high, high end luxury smokeware. Like if you make plates, then you can make cannabis plates. Like you right. can put little flowers on there and then like now you're in the cannabis industry. So I think there's so many different ways to enter it, but you're, you guys are absolutely right. Education is key. And if you don't have that education, then you don't know. And then we're getting left behind because I think that, you know, people Always of color absolutely should have stake in a place in this industry. Yeah. But like, where does that education come from? Like, how do you get that? Especially if you're in, a, in an illegal state. Mm. I mean, to me, I would just say because it's like laws are always changing. Like originally, I'm from Texas, but I've been living in New York for about a year and a half. And I still make sure that I'm up to date on what's going on back in the South, because even though things are moving up here in New York, Texas is taking a whole different wave of of something that no one even thought they would do. Yeah, Texas just opened up dispensary applications today, but the deadline is 29 days only. So so it's like no one's opening, but it's like, yeah, people are not educating themselves. 
If you don't know, you don't know. Wow. Actually, it happened the first. Open it up the first. Yeah, but at the same time, like, if we can research all this other stuff, like, I'm kind of, kind of like, yo, you got to make time for what you want. Mm. Period. You have to make the investment. It's real. You got to put in the time and you got to make the investment and you got to do the networking. You got to go to stuff and you got to pay for that thing and you got to support these organizations and you should join them. You should join M for M. M. You should join MCBA. You should join Canicultural. You should join our mailing list. You should do these things and figure this out. You don't like want to make the time or consultant or pay someone to help you. Like the timeline is fast. And what's really real is that I was in tech really more hardcore before all this. And I know what happens when you wait. Because hmm. this is not a game. We are like, yes. it's real. This is going to be the only commodity that we can actually touch that we're going to see in our lifetime or one of the few. This is going to be a commodity. It kind of is, but it's really going to be. It's very real because you can miss the boat on this. I think there's some people who are like, oh, let's wait and see what happens in our state. Let's wait until it's legal. Let's wait until it's federally legal. And it's like, you're doing all this waiting and you're getting left behind. People are hustling. People are moving behind closed doors and closing deals, but bills too. And, you know, legislation is passing. And if you're waiting for, you know, the day when the president comes on TV and says that, you know, cannabis is legal nationwide, you're going to be, you know, by the time that happens, there are going to be people who have established businesses who are going to have been around for two, three, five years, even six months ahead of you. And that's a problem. With that being said, because there's so many things changing so fast and everyone can just like make their own product of whatever, the people who are just like consuming and don't want to be involved on the product development end, they just need to be mindful of what's out there because everybody makes everything. I mean, we have the the vaping epidemic going on. People are making their own homemade things. And you don't know what's in there. So it's just like being very mindful of that aspect. That's what I really stress. Yeah, I understand people are trying to save money sometimes. But if you don't know where your stuff is coming from, you should not be getting that stuff. And you have a lot of counterfeit stuff out here coming from Croatia, coming from other countries in Europe, coming from South America and coming from China. I mean, I'm very selective. And there are only certain brands I will touch. But I know people out here that get mad at me telling me, well, this is a cart from such and such. And I'm like, no, it's not. Such and such branding mm-hmm. looks like this. Mm. They're looking at me like, oh, well, like, where is yours from? And I was like, mine is from them. <laughs> you got this for $30? Is, this costs $60. <laughs> you gotta tell it. <laughs> That's real. That's real. Like this is a live resin pen, bro. This is seventy-five yeah. bucks. Mm-hmm. There's no this way you quality. got this. Legit. Like, like there's no way. And it'll be like different branding. And the thing is, it's like patriarchy's so crazy. A black man will argue with me about yeah. it, and I will be like, no, "Are you crazy?" She's, she's serious. <laughs> I've witnessed it with my own eyes. <laughs> wow. And you know what you know. That's it. You know what you know. You know what you know, right? So even like there's that, right? Like our womanhood, manhood issues, like now everybody got it, but it's out there, right? So whatever that is about, whatever. But women are really leading the charge here in a lot of different ways. And we're served with thinking that the epitome of success is like through a white male gaze. And that's not helping anybody. It's not helping any industry right now, really, especially where people are 
giving so much money to the industry and not benefiting truly from the industry in terms of having businesses and ownership mm-hmm. and equity, right? And it's not just in cannabis, it's in tech, it's in advertising. I mean, there are events literally called, here are all the black people <laughs> in advertising, okay? Because that is a problem. Actually, Dion, <laughs> describe your experience at Ad Week for the first so time. First of all, I just want to thank Mary for just allowing me to be there because it was amazing. But it also like got to a point, I was watching a panel and all the panels I watched, they all either said the same information or whatever, but they were all the same person. They were all white women or men. And if they were men, it was either gay or straight. But there's some diversity they threw in like a like a Latino every now and then. But at, at a specific panel, when they asked, like, where are all the black people? We were kind of just like, yeah, where are they? Because they're not here. They're not on the panel. They're not, where are they? Where are all the black people? It's like a, a book that should be written or like a scary movie. No, it's like, where's Waldo? It's like, where's Waldo in every industry? I'm a journalist, right? So in journalism, it's the oh, it's classism, it's sexism, it's racism, all in journalism. And these are the people you're getting your news from, okay? Yeah. And these newsrooms are white. They're white. They're so white. And it's like, how are you going to tell news that's happening in black and brown communities? And you've never even stepped foot in one of these communities before. Yeah, how do you even know? Like, and from the, the stories that they get, they are like, oh, this happens in this neighborhood. And I definitely don't want to go over there. It's like, but you only showcase mm-hmm. the bad. But then there's also like the, yeah, I mean, like this is happening with everything. I mean, like advertising misses the mark with people of color because they don't hire people of color. Yeah, period. I mean, fashion, fashion does the same they've thing. Done. <laughs> no shots, but shots. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, but everybody's done it. <laughs> Gucci. Gucci. Yeah. <laughs> right now, Tommy Hilfiger. <laughs> like, everybody's done it. We can go down the line and not even just recently. I'm talking old done. stuff, like old, old stuff. Mm-hmm. Like these companies yeah. have been doing this. Um, they're just getting called out more now, which is great, but they're still not hiring the staff At that they all. need to hire so that these this shit no. doesn't keep happening, you know, and that's the problem. And right. don't even give me the, oh, we couldn't find anybody. It's like, no, you weren't looking. You weren't looking because the, the motivated manager, the motivated CEO, they're going to make sure that if it takes three months to fill this role, we're going to make sure that we put a person of color in here. We're going to make sure we put a woman of color in here, you know, but that's not the priority. That's not meeting the business needs. That's not something that the investors or the board is checking for. And if nobody's really checking for it, then it's not going to happen. Period. I don't care what anybody tells you. (laughs) At the end of the day, like these hiring managers, they're like, I actually asked my manager once when I was working at this one company, I won't say the name. And I asked him um, when we were hiring and I was part of the interview process and I'm helping him interview candidates or whatever. Everybody who came in was white. And I asked him, I was like, everybody you selected was white what's going on? Like, why aren't there any people of color that you like, we're interviewing for this position. He was like, you know, I didn't even think about it. I was just trying, this is a white man. He was like, I didn't even think about it. I was just trying to fill the role. You know, I know we need to make sure that we get somebody as soon as possible. So I was just picking whoever was most qualified and bringing them in. I wasn't even thinking about, let me make sure that I filter out all the white people (laughs) and make sure I bring the the black and brown people to the top of the stack, you know, of the applicants. He didn't think like that. And it's just like, it was a moment that opened my eyes because I realized that white people don't think that way. When they're in those positions of authority, they don't think, let me make sure that I like elevate all the resumes and all the applicants and people who are of color and still interview white people too, sure. But let me make sure I dig 
dig dig through this stack of 1,000 applicants or 500 or whatever and make sure that I pull out those black and brown faces. It doesn't happen like that. And it takes one person in the company and maybe there's not a black or brown person in the company, right? So white people need to sit there and hold each other accountable, (laughs) (laughs) which is what it comes down to. I will say at the panel that I went to that this white man, I can't remember his name, but I know he was just sitting on the uh, panel and he was just like, look at the stage. There's not a lot of diversity here, right? It's a bunch of women, white women, and me an out an out man. But next year we want to have more different faces up here who don't look like anybody else on this stage. And the fact that he said that, mm-hmm. that's when I was kind of like, I texted Mary like, there's no black people here, but I think we have an ally. <laughs> At least he wants us to win (laughs) as like advertising and just in general. But there are some good ones out there. They mean well. They just have to be bold enough to hold their fellow skin folk accountable as well. And it's not that that hard. They'll listen to you. Like you look like them. Like it's not gonna. Right. It's not gonna be that hard. Going off of that, I want to talk a little bit about the stigma, you know, attached to being like a woman who uses cannabis or being, especially a black or brown woman who uses cannabis. Have you ever encountered anything like that? Any sort of stigmas or seen? Maybe not personally. People have given you crap <laughs> for being yeah. a person who uses cannabis, but have you heard other women or other, you know, women of color mention to you that I'm afraid to let people know because of XYZ? Definitely. For me, for instance, being from the South and just like meeting different people. I went to school in Atlanta, I went to Spelman College, and just from there, just having like a smoking culture. A lot of people would say, oh, you're a female, like you shouldn't be smoking, that's dirty. Or they just have very like negative things to say. And I didn't appreciate how, again, it was like a sexist kind of point that they would say, like, as a female, you shouldn't do this. But if a man did it, it's fine. Like, he's cool. That's the bro. He just smokes all the time. Like, that's him. It's like from that moment, I knew that this was going to be something that, I mean, it's, it's what my I use as a release for different like anxieties and things that I go through on my personal self. But I just feel like from back then, I just knew that there was always going to be a stigma with it unless you had someone to change that perspective and to show people that not everyone who does consume has these same mannerisms of what we've seen displayed on television all our lives or the celebrities And, if, and even if seen. they do, so what? But even if they do, so what? Like, we're over here fantasizing about serial killers with Ted Bundy specials on Netflix. Like, people can do whatever the fuck they want. (laughs) So if it is me with some hen smoking in a circle with my homies throwing dice, that's a thing, too. And it's acceptable. You know, like, I don't think that we have to offer so many excuses, conditions, and explanations for existing as melanated bodies. And I just don't subscribe to that anymore. So mm. if I'm your first experience with blackness, then good luck. You better just ride the wave and meet some more people. But I'm not here to teach you. To I'm down. not picking on your labor. I hear that. Like, I'm not trying to explain mm. to you why it's problematic that you're trying to give me shit for using cannabis as a woman and as a black woman and as a mom. Like, I don't have time for that. Are you paying my rent? Is your name on any of my bills? (laughs) I'm not subscribing to that as well. And additionally, it's just like, there's more than one way to exist. (laughs) You can't like police my existence. I'm not going to stand for it. 
And I think that more and more women are coming out and are just like, actually, no, fuck you. I'm going to smoke this weed. <laughs> and you can, if that bothers you, then you can go stand over there because I'm going to continue to stand here and smoke this joint. <laughs> and you can be pressed and upset. <laughs> all you want i'm minding my business so you should mind yours exactly exactly (laughs) (laughs) for me personally it took me a while to become like that person that would just feel empowered for smoking because it's not something i should be chastised for especially being with some badass women like mary and estro hayes and all these amazing black women it just became more familiar and more regular and this is something that we do like you were saying, not to be looked down at. It's just, who cares? We're doing it and we're here. Black, bold, and beautiful. Right. And, you know, as long as I'm paying my taxes and, you know, doing the things I'm supposed to be doing to be a law-abiding citizen, mind your business. <laughs> Stay up out of mind. Yeah. Exactly. And this could be for both of you guys. Like, how did you get to the point in your life, or if you've always been that way, saying, like, this is me, like, I consume cannabis and I don't care what you think? Or, like, in your community growing up, this was this a message that was reinforced? Or, like, how did you go against that message if that wasn't the message that you were getting told? Ooh. Hmm. Huh. Right. I'll let Dion go first. I'm still thinking. I can just tell you just to jump off. Like for me personally, like I was born in Mississippi and I spent a good chunk of my childhood in Mississippi. And then we moved to Georgia and I grew up in Snellville, Georgia and the suburbs. And, you know, I went to school at Georgia State, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then I moved to New York and then I moved out here to L.A. Right. And all of that time, like up until I'm like. 31, just turned 31, up until like three or four years ago, I was hiding my cannabis use because let my community tell it, let my mama tell it, let the church tell it, let everybody that I grew up around tell it. Cannabis, not even cannabis, weed, um, marijuana, reefer, that's not good for you. Like you go to jail, it's, you know, criminal, it's a drug, it's not ladylike, like you said, it's dirty to smoke anyways if you're a woman. So like, why are you doing this? That's number one. Then number two, it's illegal. So you're going to go to jail. You know you black. Why are you doing this? Like, I don't know my mom. I don't need any other reasons to worry about you, you know, and you're using weed and like, that's a reason for you to go to jail. So there's that concern. Then also the concern of, you know, oh, well, you can get addicted to weed because now we're believing in the crazy ass rhetoric that was spewed during the war on drugs. And I'm just like, okay, this can't all be right. What? (laughs) And this has all been like drilled into my head my whole life. And it's just like, this is not, and I had to unlearn each one of those things and unpack it and realize why my community that I grew up in believed these things, why my mom believed these things, why my sister, why, you know, just my immediate family, why some of my friends and unlearning that was like, really, it was tough. I was like, damn, is everything a lie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for me, it was just, and then now I'm exactly. like, I'm a grown ass woman. Fuck that. I don't have two babies. Can't nobody tell me shit. Like you get, get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm, if I'm going <laughs> to smoke weed, then you, you need to just go ahead and do what you got to do because I'm going to keep doing this and I don't give a fuck what you think (laughs) but it took a while to get to that place it really did I had to really unlearn a lot of problematic teachings Mm -hmm. that were passed Mm -hmm. down to me wow I think for me like when Crohn's came into the picture I just like had to do what I had to do Mm -hmm. and I took it I had friends that sent me articles and like started looking at me looking at from that perspective I don't make any excuses for it now I mean it was hard considering that I have a family that was half Roman Catholic, 
and half Kojic, Church of God in Christ. So I don't know if they get it all the way, but they know that it's better and that I'm healthier and I'm better. And to a certain degree with a lot of challenges I always used to have because I was always running into health challenges. So I think it is making some difference. And they notice that your quality of life has improved. So they're like, okay, this must be, you know. Yeah. People get it to a degree now, Mm -hmm. which is good. But, you know, it was definitely something that I felt a way about, you know, because of what people say, all the negatives, right, about all of that. That's all. Mm. With mine, mine's kind of similar to, to just like growing up Southern, just being told like this, like embedded, this mindset basically was just put into my head, my brother's head, all my relatives is that if you smoke, you would never be successful. And I had a moment when I was in college, I just, that was when I got intimate with the plant. I realized that this was actually helping me versus just like an outlet to use versus like drinking. Cause I'm not really a drinker. Once I started embed, like embedding it and kind of into my like routines, like when I did yoga or meditation or anything like that, I felt better mentally, spiritually and physically, honestly. So from that moment, I just started trying to tell people about it more and more. But of course I would still be labeled like a quote unquote pothead because I smoke and I'm, I talk a lot of, about the plant, how it heals, but no one, kind of no one would really believe me. And one thing that really made me want to go into like the advocacy aspect of it, because I, I like to tell people about cannabis and how it works for me, but I didn't realize that it was actually helpful for others until my family member, well, he has an addiction. And so with his addiction, it's easy to use CBD oil versus whatever drugs they're using to kind of wean him off of it. And so I've actually given him some CBD oils of a company that I actually love and Mary uh, put me on to called Tonic. I, he uses the OG and he loves it. And then from there, he doesn't really use the their other medicine. So I've just seen what this does for him. And I know it can help other people for whatever illnesses, especially like meeting people who have Crohn's disease and other illnesses, physical illnesses, or even mental. And it just makes me want to just kind of share that aspect of it, as well as I smoke because I have my ways and this is what I want to do. Like I shouldn't be judged because I'm a female and I'm black and I prefer smoking versus drinking alcohol. Those are my favorite kind of people to hang out with personally. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're quiet. We like to watch, just sit here and just people watch. We don't do too much. We'll make up stories and have a good you know, time. Exactly. That's all <laughs> I'm But when people get that liquor Basically. in them, <laughs> I don't, don't know what they got. I don't, I don't like that, that because some people become aggressive. They want to fight. They become like overly affectionate, trying to have sex with you. And I'm like, chill. And it's just like all these things. I'm like, look at what this is doing to you. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you doing yeah, you're really not, you're yourself. not yourself. And actually, alcohol <laughs> destroys the liver. So, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing to yourself? Actually, literally, what are you doing to yourself? Like, hmm. killing yourself off. I do still love red Stop wine. So, I say all that, but I do. I can't get mad at the red wine. I can't shake that. So, talking a little bit more about like what kind of because I find myself thinking about it a lot. Like, for instance, there's this cafe opening here in West Hollywood where I live that's going to they they're touting that they're like America's first cannabis cafe restaurant. 
And I'm excited. I'm like, wow, I can't wait to go here and check it out. But I'm also super conflicted and torn because I'm seeing, you know, these cannabis cafe, this cannabis cafe open. We got like MedMen, which is like everywhere in LA, like freaking Apple stores of dispensaries. And I'm seeing all this stuff, which is huge strides. You know, I like it on one end and on another end. I'm like, well, well, damn, like, but there's still black and brown people locked up for this plant. So like, what's that? Like, what's that about? And so I'm just wondering, do you guys ever feel that that kind of internal conflict? And how do you (laughs) how do you deal with it and reconcile, I guess, a bit with it? And, you know, with that especially specifically with brands that I like to choose just personally or just like companies or just in general, I just like to make sure that we're involved or some kind of like equity or social impact is put into the company because since we are black and brown people are the ones who were most oppressed by this plant. I feel like we should also be ones that are gaining the most education or some kind of value in order for us to be prepared for this rush and for this bubble when it pops and I just know recently just like a lot of brands have been like putting a lot of like inclusion into their um, format and operations and I just like how they're like a lot of people especially like Ben and Jerry's they on 420 they're like over here basically stating facts about what's going on in the cannabis industry how millions of people are still locked up yet (sighs) someone's trying to figure out how to make infused ice cream it's not making sense. And so I just feel like a lot of people are really rushing into it for the money. And so once we separate the people who are only trying to make the big bucks and we give that money to people who were affected by it, families included, even if it's like a teaching program for those who were affected, their lives are now changed forever. I feel like that it would just be beneficial to somehow put them in working like aspects and let them know that they have a spot here they're not criminals. They were just, unfortunately, pawns to a very, very cruel game. <laughs> that's like the kind way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind way for sure. Yeah, that's okay. I'm trying to be very like... You don't have to be PG on my <laughs> podcast, girl. Crazy. I drop F-bombs, every kind of bomb. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Because like the way I look at it and I kind of see it sometimes... It like it makes me mad and I feel like even if you are having some sort of aspect where you're like, we're gonna get back to black and brown communities or every ten cents on the dollar or something or whatever, five percent or something. <laughs> you know, also like, uh, okay, really? but like are who's in really? charge? Like who's running the business here? You know, still white men, okay. Right. Who's behind this? Right. I don't see that now exactly. black person up here. I'm scared. Like just because you put on a big name on your quote unquote board doesn't mean that they're doing anything exactly. for us. And to some extent, I feel that a lot of communities of color don't really 100% understand the benefits of having like recreational adult use cannabis legal in their state or their city because they still, again, like you said, education, mm-hmm. like the education is key in a lot of ways of helping them see that like this could bring money into your neighborhood. This could bring money into your community. This could provide jobs in a way. And I don't think people are looking at it like that. And so there has been still some resistance within, I feel like our own communities because of that lack of education. And like Mary said, like you got to seek it yourself, Mm -hmm. but some people aren't seeking it. So it's like, how do you reach those people? 
I mean, literally, it's one step at a time. One step at a time. Uh, I I feel like this is a tool. I mean, you have to find tools that you want to be able to communicate with others. That's that's key. Yeah. I feel that like younger generations are a little bit more open and like have their finger more on the pulse of like what's happening with cannabis. But when I talk to my mom about cannabis and like my stepdad and like my aunts and my great aunts, they don't get it. (laughs) oh do you guys have any pointers actually for how to talk to older people about cannabis (laughs) yes introduce it to them slowly like my grandma plays bingo girl and so she was like one day she told me that her wrists were hurting Mm -hmm. so I sent her some CBD like bomb or something and I said you don't have to use it but I mean (laughs) if you don't want your wrists to hurt and you want to win big you got to put that on your your wrist so she did eventually. And so she told me that she actually likes it and it makes her it makes her feel better. So she doesn't have that pain as much as she used to. So she'll apply it every now and then. But it's just like now she knows like, oh, this is CBD. Oh, okay, I like this stuff. And, and she's told some of her little bingo buddies. So it's like that once she's comfortable, she tells the masses because it's just about, again, being comfortable and not throwing it in people's faces and not having little old ladies in like some... <laughs> yeah smoke shop like make it very comfortable for them i didn't even think about it like that but you're right you're absolutely right it can't it (laughs) it could be overwhelming i mean it's a lot even for me i walk into the dispensary sometimes i'm like damn there's a lot of shit in here like okay (laughs) exactly and a lot of the same shit you're just like (laughs) oh it's the same but they're different prices why oh because this is oh okay they're two different Uh, companies extravagant prices great but it's the same thing it all does the same thing and it just depends on like your body that's true i guess because you guys are you're both in new york right now right yeah what advice do you have to somebody who's like in new york or a state where cannabis isn't legal like how do they vet their products like leave leave (laughs) leave you gotta leave you gotta see where it's like somewhere else leave Mm. and see you got to leave, man. You got to see where it's at. That is New true. York has no idea how this space really works. If you're just here and your favorite trip is the Bronx, we got you. It's not going to work. You go to City Island, you know, in the summer. <laughs> That's not going to work. <laughs> like, I've had these same people tell me things like, it's crazy. Girl, it's not going to work. As a rule of thumb, I don't date any guys that hasn't left that haven't have a passport. <laughs> I can't wait till people get mad at me saying that shit. But guess what? My give a fuck level is super, super non-existent. <laughs> you know, like I'm adding. You got to. to. Like my you got to. You can't tell me I'm the most beautiful girl you've ever seen, <laughs> and you ain't been nowhere else. <laughs> you never left Brooklyn. <laughs> you ain't gone nowhere. Well, how's this gonna work? <laughs> oh, like, what, what are you saying? Boop. But also, we got to check their passport, though, because, like, what if it was Thanks like a for taking the love that we need to take it, Dion. That That's really appreciated. That means you got off the boat for, like... Um, I mean, I like that I'm you're sorry. trying to find... Yeah, I like yeah, that you're yeah. being a Libra. That's what you That's Libras do. <laughs> Libra's always looking at the good Libra's side of things. Y'all are so optimistic. <laughs> Play it fair. We like to see both sides. We like, we like you know, we like to... It's a balance. 
I'm trying to make it's sure true. I mean, and, and I wouldn't have never known anything <laughs> about this legal side of cannabis and a dispensary and like dabbing and vapes and like what's a good vape, what's a bad vape. And like, I wouldn't know anything if I never even like, you don't even have to leave the country, just leave your state, go to a state where it's legal, come Go go to Colorado or wherever, California, go to one of these states and check it out and see for yourself with your own two eyes because seeing is believing. And when you see it, your worldview will expand by just that little bitty much. It'll help you, especially when you are trying to like navigate cannabis for the first time. And I always tell people like when you first start using cannabis or smoking weed like don't just stop on that first strain that you try because there's so many other strains and maybe it didn't do what you wanted maybe you got paranoid maybe you fell asleep you got too high or something it's like okay well what did you smoke and like going from there but don't write it off completely you know try to go to a state where it's legal if you can you know road trip get in your car you know something but there's so many ways to kind of open up your eyes to cannabis and that yeah if you waiting for this to do something and where you're from and it's not you're playing games and that's on you period mm, mm, that's so true <laughs> especially if you're living in a state like georgia you're gonna be waiting a long time sis <laughs> my little four-year-old gonna be a grown woman georgia's still gonna be playing games with this cannabis like y'all think are we really gonna legalize this georgia alabama mississippi louisiana keep on keep staying in them states if y'all want to <laughs> i'm just like y'all need to be hip to because i mean texas already knows we're texas just, trying yeah. to get to that money that's like the but also the capital is awesome. But not all states are I that mean, lucky. <laughs> Contrary to everything that America likes to teach you about America, <laughs> these states are not all equal. And the way they look at a lot of things are not the same. And especially if you're Black and you're in one of those states, then you're really playing like a Russian roulette kind of with your life. And it's just like, you know... So I understand the hesitancy of a lot of people to try mm-hmm. cannabis or, you know, even want to know more about it because of the real fears of being put in jail or stopped. When I was in college and like there have been parties that I was at and there, there was weed and like the campus police or police would come in. They would take all the pipes. They would take all the glass. They would take all the bongs. They would take our weed. And I'm like, why are you taking our weed? Like, it's like a tiny, like less than an eighth of weed. Like they're going to obviously going to smoke our shit. But like, why are you confiscating, like making us feel bad for having this? And it's just like yeah, growing up and that being like your only impressions of cannabis, it can be traumatizing. And I get that. But... You got to push past it, (laughs) which is easier said than done. It'll take baby steps. But I think if you just get past that hump of just like, like we were talking about earlier about just not caring and just knowing. What's that saying? When you, when you know what you stand for, you'll fall for nothing or you know what you stand for, you'll fall for nothing. And you'll fall for nothing. Stand (laughs) stand for something. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Stand for nothing and you'll fall for anything. That's the one. I think that's it. That sounded right. (laughs) Well, I mean, I feel like you guys have like really helped to kind of show like the other side. I mean, not that there's other side, but like that cannabis is not just what you're seeing on in the media. It's not white. (laughs) 
that we out here and <laughs> and so was that it's like um what's next with Canaclusive? Like what's going on? What's happening? What how can people be in touch with you guys? Uh follow you. What's the tea? <laughs> All that jazz. Yeah, so actually we do have some events coming up in the next couple of months. I would say for sure some events I do want to speak of are gonna be in November. Well, actually in October twelfth, we are helping to promote can aware fundraiser for breast cancer since October is breast cancer awareness month. Um, we have more information of that on our Instagram as far as tickets and how you can just kind of support. Uh, second, in November, second yoga we event. are actually having it's our, our first yoga, yoga yeah. event. But this one has the sound bath, bath and we're doing other stuff. Oh, second. Excuse me, excuse me. Where is that yeah. event taking place? And we're going to have lots of other treats and things like that. So stay tuned. If anything, BK Brooklyn Yoga I'm Club will be know, the I yoga know. event on the like second. And then we have another event we're putting together for December for the holidays. And then LA might have an event coming yeah. together or two in October. I hopefully not soon, but middle of October and November, because we'll be out there for two things. And then we're going to be Hopefully, we find out tomorrow in Chicago, October 26th for Women in Cannabis. That'll be nice. Wow. Okay, see, I just want to hear about y'all being here in LA because yeah. I need to go. <laughs> I need to come I to mean, an event or two. I mean, like, Kendra is our West Coast lead. That's we right. are hopefully bringing one more person into the fold. We'll find out super soon this weekend. But yeah, I, our, our West Coast people are. Tanya and Kendra for right now. I would love to go to one of your New York events with every the stars align and everything. And I'm in New York at the same time y'all are having an event. I definitely want to. Yeah, I want to come out. How does it work having like a cannabis event in New York? Like how do you market it and advertise it when like technically cannabis isn't legal in New York? Most of the events that we have in New York, of course, they have to be CBD um, kind of projected and a lot of times they're being promoted through like businesses or we send out evites to people and things like that. I know sometimes with event bright, you might have to get a little creative, but. And then if we do other events, we do it in a different way. If anything. And that's all we have to say about that. (laughs) It's on a need to know basis. (laughs) (laughs) And as far as like, I mean, obviously in LA, it's a little bit easier to kind of, get people to come out and stuff but if people want to know more then they should just follow you guys on they should follow us on instagram they should follow us on facebook they should join our email list for sure how do they sign up for the email list they can sign up for the email list through our website but also on our instagram which is at canaclusive and um, that'll probably be the best way regardless to find out what's happening yeah yeah and that's where you can find out like yes of course all the events things that we're doing um some awesome pictures of black people. And that lives on Flickr at flickr.com backslash kind of inclusive. And um, we have educational events coming up. I'm part of this ease accelerator program. We're accepting applications. People should sign up and check it out. It's called momentum. Yeah, definitely. We want to help people get money in this space. It's, I mean, like it's nothing's going to really happen unless that, I mean, you need to decriminalize the plant 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys have so many events going on at a time. I'm just like, damn. (laughs) 
but there's something for everybody. And I think that's like the best part. And <laughs> there's always education. And I need to get my ass out to one of y'all's events. I was pregnant, but now I ain't pregnant no more. So I'm trying to get out and mingle some more. <laughs> Whenever I'm pregnant, I'd be trying to stay in the house. I'd be like, I ain't got time for that. Yeah, talking to all these damn. people. My feet hurt. My back hurt. I just want to be in the house. <laughs> I don't want to bite touch my belly. <laughs> <laughs> but like now I'm ready to mingle. So I can't wait for your next event in LA. I'll be there. One last thing, I promise, and then I'll be done. Um, what pointers do you have for somebody who's just starting out in the cannabis industry and they're a woman or a woman of color and maybe they just started up their Instagram page or something and they have a product that they want to get to people? What's some pointers for them to be successful, but also to navigate any challenges that they may come across? Hmm. I would say just starting out, the best way is to just go to events and just speak to people because that's literally how I got into this space, especially in New York. I would just start going to all, all the events and I would start kind of like flocking to the Black people. And once I would keep seeing the same kind of Black people over and over again, then I would introduce myself or one person introduced me to another person or things like that, because you just never know who's involved in what and who can actually kind of guide you. So if you make, say you make edibles, you can have someone who can actually show you the compliance way to follow based on whatever state that you're trying to produce them in. And you just learn about so many different people in these spaces and at these events. So I would just say, don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone when you're doing these things. I feel like that's like business advice, one-on-one, like network, your network. (laughs) Yeah. Your network's your net worth, (laughs) period. Period. Okay, well, is there anything else you guys wanted to share or that I didn't get to touch on that you want to touch on really quickly? I think that's it. Boom. <laughs> That's all. Oh, oh. So, thank you guys so much for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Um, I know that this is going to be like a really invaluable episode for people who are listening to the podcast and definitely follow Canaclusive on Instagram and sign up for their newsletter. Very, 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 very important key, especially if you're in New York and you want to go to one of these events. Yeah, don't, don't be don't don't, don't get that FOMO. <laughs> so yeah, thank you, ladies, so much. But wait, what do you have coming up with you? Oh, <laughs> right. with me, you know what? I really admire, like, on some real talk, like real tips kind of thing. Like, I really admire what Canaclusive does with their events, and I wish I had like the heart and the soul, and it was my lane to do events because I do have moms that come to me and they're like oh, we would love to have like a mama meetup, you know, like moms who use cannabis meetup and stuff like that. And I'm just like, nah, it's not in my heart. So what I do have going on is I just launched some merch, um, which is Blunt Boy Mama merch, which has like, just like a a handful of items, t-shirts that say uh, moms who smoke weed are not bad moms. You don't have to be a mama to rock that t-shirt. You could be rocking that t-shirt supporting other mamas who smoke weed because, you know, solidarity, but also gift it to a mom who you love and who smokes weed and just needs to put it out there like that. It's a great conversation starter. I wore it the other day 
And let me tell you, I was like, all right, people going to try to start some shit with me over this T-shirt. And like, it was the opposite. Like I was getting like the head nod from like people when I was walking down the sidewalk, like, yeah, girl. <laughs> and it was really dope. And people saying like, I want one. And I was like, okay, cool. So that's what I'm doing. And I'm just working on this podcast, yo. Like the second season's coming. I'm talking to a whole bunch of moms, not like influencers, but like regular ass women from like North Carolina and Washington and shit who just smoke weed and take care of their kids. And that's it. They mind their business. And yeah. And their stories. I love it. That's what I was going to tell you. Like, I love this because a, a lot of people don't think that mothers should be smoking, but I really think it's something that it goes to like the post birth kind of yeah i mean as women we go through so much shit physically right like so many changes with our bodies as we get older and cannabis should be there for you at every step of the way you know whether you have kids or not like you should be using cannabis for your cramps you should be using cannabis for like any sort of stress or anxieties that you have you should be using cannabis when you go through menopause i learned that that's a really great time to use cannabis as well because it helps you with that and it's just like Mm -hmm. our bodies are forever changing and forever going through so many things and this is gonna be like i read somewhere that a woman used cannabis to help her with like a miscarriage like after she had a miscarriage i'm just like there's so many ways i imagine like you know if you have an abortion or something i would probably probably smoke a joint right after the procedure i feel like (laughs) i'm not advocating that but i feel like there's just so many ways like our bodies go through shit we are fascinating we are wonderful we are beautiful and we need cannabis in so many ways and i feel like the messages that are out there aren't telling us that and i want to help kind of get rid of that because if you're a woman, you need to be using cannabis in some way, shape, or form. At some point in time, at least once a month for your period, sis. Go ahead, grab that CBD oil. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yes. And keep it pushing. It really I'll does. Right if you now, work yeah. out a lot and you have sore muscles, it's for you. There's so many different ways, like, and things. Like, even if you have a heavy-ass baby, like, means, like, 25 pounds, and your wrist be sore after you hold him, put some CBD on the wrist, you're going to feel better. So it's just, like... I love everything that you guys are doing and it's all tied in together. You know, we're all kind of in this together. And I think you guys said it best. Well, women are really pushing for the conversation with cannabis legalization and normalization. I can't wait to see what's next for you guys, because like I said, I look up to y'all, I follow up, be like, yeah, what's going on with cannabis? <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely I love, love that. Yeah, thank you. Um, up to you. You're not doing nothing that's easy either. We all need to like, not like, exactly. I mean, thanks, but I mean, what you're doing is work too, you know? It is. Thank you. I appreciate it. It is. It's not easy work. I will say that I am tired most days. I have my little eight month old and When I'm working on this, I feel guilty that I'm not spending time with him. There's levels to everything, but it's worthwhile when I see women respond to me and say, like, I don't have kids, but I respect what you're doing. And if I were to have kids, I'd be just like you. (laughs) Like, I would be smoking weed and not giving a fuck, you know? (laughs) Exactly. You honestly give me hope when I... Girl, take your time. (laughs) Don't rush for this life. (laughs) Enjoy your space. Because once they're here, they're kind of yours, like forever. So. (laughs) 
<laughs> Enjoy being an auntie if you can. <laughs> Get some godchildren, but don't, <laughs> don't have your own until you're ready. I you know I always tell people that, but um, I think that the whole point of this is just to let women know that they're not alone because... Like I said, there are so many women who are in states where cannabis is not only illegal, but heavily stigmatized and heavily policed. And they feel like they're absolutely alone. If anybody mm-hmm. finds out that they're using cannabis, it's like they lose their jobs, which is real. They could lose their family. They could lose their children. So those concerns are super real. And I don't want anybody to come out of the closet, so to speak, of their cannabis use. You know, if they don't have to, because you can make strides by just doing what you're doing. You know, you don't have to be loud about it but um just so that those women do know that they aren't alone it's kind of like the point of this and just hearing from women like you it gives hope it's inspirational so i could go on and on obviously but <laughs> well, thank you very much and thank, i thank you well thank you Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had so much fun talking to these ladies. It was so dope. It's always so great to talk with like-minded women who consume cannabis and who are also working in the cannabis industry. And I just want to make sure that you guys know about these women, follow these women, go to their events because... You need to meet them. You need to be able to put yourself out there, you know, just try or just to mingle with people who are, you know, kind of, if anything, people who also like weed and will smoke weed with you. It's always worth it. Let me tell you, every time there's an event that involves cannabis, you should go. Even if you're the most introverted person ever, you could just sit in the corner of the room the whole time and smoke weed. But you'll be in a room full of other people who are also smoking weed. And somebody will probably come up to you and try to talk to you. And you could walk away with a friend. Okay. <laughs> I've started going to more cannabis events lately. And it's been feeling so good to just go in a room and it'd be a social event and like there's music or there's you know food or drinks or conversation and also weed like what like and all the people here consume like my spirit animals I'm and once you ultimately start consuming you start to loosen up a little bit and you get social it's the best so if you ever have a chance to go to a canoclusive event I would definitely say check it out I can't wait till they have another one here in LA I will for sure be there for sure I need to get out of the house more because I have these two kids now so I'm always looking now I'm like searching for reasons to get out and so I just been going to more cannabis events so you might see me at one you know come say hey come say what's up yeah I'm so glad I got a chance to chat with them and share their stories with you guys so you could just know a little bit more about Inclusive and what they're up to and that there are people out here making strides towards making sure that cannabis is, is as inclusive as possible and Inclusive is definitely leading that charge with their it's actually three women founders and Mary is one of those women, but you guys should definitely look them up. You can always go to their website, which is canocclusive.com, and you'll find out more information about them, what they offer. And also you'll be able to sign up for their email list and be able to receive notifications for when they do have an event in a city near you. And definitely follow them on Instagram too. They drop so much information and gems about what's happening in Canvas right now, who passed what, who said something stupid, inspiration, tips on weight, like everything that you could want to know about cannabis and the cannabis industry. You get that on their Instagram page as well as their website. And so you can follow them at Canaclusive, which is spelled C-A-N-N-A-C-L-U. 
S-I-V-E. And yeah, follow them. You can follow Mary on Instagram. And I'm pretty sure you can follow Dion as well. I'll give you their information in the show notes. But yeah, man, thank you. This has been another episode of Blunt Boy Mama Podcast. Okay, another one in the bag. So feel free if you want to know more about Blunt Boy Mama or get some more Blunt Boy Mama, then you can follow Blunt Boy Mama on Instagram, Twitter. You can like Blunt Boy Mama on Facebook. You can always send me an email asking any questions, shout outs, what have you to bluntblowingmama at gmail.com. I love reading messages from you guys, but most importantly, what I really love is getting a new review or rating just so I can see like, how are you guys feeling the show? What are your thoughts? I want to know. So that's the best way to get that info to me. And according to the way Apple Podcasts is set up, I mean, allegedly, the more reviews you have, the more easier it's for people to find you um, when they are searching for certain topics or looking looking at parent podcasts and mine will pop up. So do that. Help assist out and always subscribe. I'm available. This podcast is available on a lot of platforms. I think all of them. So definitely subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. If you think it's something that they would like and enjoy. Also, if you're really into Blunt Blowing Mama, which I mean, why not? Like, duh. <laughs> then you should definitely become a Blunt Blowing Mama patron. Blunt Blowing Mama patrons get up to three additional new episodes a month of the podcast. In addition, you guys will be able to get some free merch. Yes, free fucking merch if you become a Blunt Boy Mama patron. You can sign up by going to bluntboymama.com backslash podcast. And when you get there, click the link that says click here to become a Blunt Boy Mama patron. <laughs> and you'll be able to get access to so many benefits and perks that only my patrons get because you guys are helping me support Blunt Boy Mama, helping me to keep the lights on to keep this thing going. And your support and love is just like so, I appreciate it so much. I read every message you guys send me. You know that I respond to all of that. I'm always trying to make sure I respond to every email and every message on Instagram. And it's exhausting because I get a lot, okay? But it means a lot to me so when you guys are sending me messages just taking the time to say what's up I take that seriously and I appreciate it thank you so much for everyone who supported the podcast I hope you're copying your blunt boy mama merch okay I'm so excited about these t-shirts and the sweatshirt and tote bag that I'm offering to you guys but it's only for a limited time they're on sale right now that you can buy them but they won't be on sale anymore Um, I think the last day the very last day to buy them sales end on October 29th. So after October 29th, it'll, it'll be gone. <laughs> so get them while you can. Get them as a gift for somebody, you know, a gift for yourself. One of the shirts says moms who smoke weed are not bad moms, which like, yes, we want to start conversations. Put that shirt on. <laughs> if you want to really change some minds and turn some heads or just make a statement saying that this is what I do. This is how I live my life. This is a shirt for you. Then I also have the Blunt Blowing Mama logo on the tote bag and the sweatshirt because I know it's getting chilly on the East Coast. You might want to rep your set, you know, <laughs> rep, rep the fact that you smoke weed, you know, in a really dope way that way. So 
And you probably see me rocking the shirts on Instagram. <laughs> I feel like I want to wear these shirts every day. Like it's actually kind of disgusting, but I don't want you guys to like, I, I'm going to have to wash them every day because y'all are going to see me in every picture, every video wearing this stuff because it's so fucking cute. I feel so corny, like wearing the same shit all the time. But like, yo, I really love these shirts. So I hope you guys love them too. And when you get it, please share. I want to see it. And so I can feature you on Blunt Blowing Mama's Instagram page. So when you get your Blunt Blowing Mama merch, just use hashtag BBM merch and tag me and I will definitely feature you on the page. I want I want to see y'all out here living your best lives as mama smoking weed in your Blunt Blowing Mama merch. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So that's all I got for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in again. (laughs) Until next time. Bye.